0: What I was asked to do is give some examples of trade-offs, but I will keep all the general comments on this very brief because you have actually identified quite a lot of it in your practicals, so no need to talk on that further. Um, So, the trade-off analysis is very much dependent on the services that are included in the analysis. You said that already. Oftentimes, the services that are very hard to determine are missing, um, and the analysis is concentrated on the ones that are easy to determine time scales we had short-term versus long-term implications for example on soil fertility something like that every one of you covered that nearly um, some common trade-offs um, they are linked to the preferences of human society which follows um, first the re- provisioning services then regulating services and then cultural and supporting services and that also came up quite frequently in your presentations. So this sequence is actually linked to the short-term needs of humans, also someone of you said that. So if uh, you imagine a population of humans settling somewhere, then they will focus first on provisioning services just to sustain their living. At some point they will think about the regulating capacity if their actions are actually sustainable and just if they have reached a certain standard of living, then they will also think about uh, cultural and also supporting services. Um, Then this sequence of the preferences on provisioning services is also linked to provisioning services being more tangible and identifiable by societies and that's just the general issue you know that you can buy goods in a supermarket and you're just more aware of the goods that you buy in a supermarket. And also one group brought that up. um, One indicator of a trade-off is usually if one stakeholder has a private interest in a service because normally, usually, uh, a private financial gain outweighs a public loss. Um, So some common trade-offs, you identified them within provisioning services. um, For example, the production of different crop species or food provision versus other provisioning services, for example, water supply, as there exist crop species that have quite a severe effect on water supply, for example. Then um, a trade-off that is very common is between provisioning and regulating services because normally the provisions of a managed landscapes are preferred to the regulating potential that a natural um, landscape provides you. So the most obvious carbon sequestration versus crops. Another example, if you think of an intensive agriculture with a high rate of fertilizer application that will, on sometimes a short term, sometimes a long term, decrease your soil fertility and also the water quality. So now um, I have put some examples on how trade-off analysis are actually done, so you get quite a bit an overview of some methods that are out, but very short. So, the most straightforward way um, to quantify trade-offs between services might be to just calculate the correlation between two services. And in this study that has been done for two regulating and two provisioning services, and you see from the numbers, um, they indicate some positive relationships, obviously, between carbon storage and carbon sequestration. We have here a negative relationship with the grassland productions, And then you can also uh, identify relationships that are not significant, of course. So if you go one step further and do your correlations um, over another dimension, which might be, for example, time dimension or the scale dimension, the the space dimension, um, you come into response curves between one service and other services. And this is an example where different plots um, over Great Britain has been used. where ecosystem service has been assessed and you see on these curves that, for example, all the indicators of biodiversity, for example, plant diversity here, habitat diversity, the pollination, um, do show a positive relationship over quite a range and this range might be spent by the time, for example, if you see just one plot or that might be spent by the space over the entire plots over Great Britain. Um, and you see a positive relationship here, but with uh, some others, for example, the soil carbon storage or the cultural services here, you also have a quite different relationship. So, that's also one possibility to analyze trade offs. Um, a next big group of methods is related to maps, so, spatial mapping of um, ecosystem services, and that's an example from a study from West et al. They map the average yield that can be achieved on a certain patch of land, and they also map the change in carbon stocks if that patch of land would be converted to croplands. So the difference in carbon stocks between natural vegetation and the cropland vegetation. And what they did then as kind of analysis is calculating the ratio. How much carbon do I lose per unit provided yield? And that maps give you a quite good impression on the areas where the loss in carbon stock is quite high in comparison to the yield that you can achieve. So from this map you might conclude that in the red areas it's not very favourable to com- convert these areas to croplands. Okay, so that's one, um, one example for trade-offs based on, on maps and that's another example based on a biome scale. So here the trade-offs in services are um, compared for different biomes. For three services. Um, for example, if you look at the tropical forests here, um, then you see that they are quite high in any of these three services and if you pick another one, for example the boreal deciduous forest, you see that it ha- even has a higher total carbon storage than the tropical forest rainforest. Um, in terms of plant species, it's quite low and also has um, potential, low potential crop yields. So just from this isolated analysis of, for example, two biomes and the comparison of the services that two biomes provide, you might be inclined to say, well, then let's use the tropics for crop production and let's use the boreal deciduous forest for carbon storage. Yes, that's okay that you say that based on this isolated analysis, but as you know, and all of you discussed that in their reports, the picture is more complicated and, of course, we cannot base our decisions based on very isolati- isolated analysis. Um, another <laughs> technique to do um, ecosystem service trade-off analysis is by scenario analysis. So that comes close to what you did. And this is now a schematic framework t- um, where they analyzed three different hypothetical y- land uses just based on expert knowledge. So. They hypothesize that a natural ecosystem pr- provides quite a number of services, um, but what it does not is it doesn't produce crops. In comparison, a very intensive cropland produces quite a number of services on a very low level, but it does produce quite some crops. And what they envision is like a cropland um, with restored ecosystem services, where nearly all services are provided on a nearly equal level. That would be sustainable to um, fulfill the demand, so that goes a bit in the direction land sharing versus land sparing. The first two examples are land sparing where you just focus on the production of one service, and the second one would be an example uh, the third one would be an example of the land sharing and that 's more an example that goes in the direction that you did actually now, um, so the first one is um, a spider plot that shows you the provisions for um, the current provisions and that's a U.S. watershed um, while the others present um, scenarios like everything is forested that was our natural simulation natural vegetation simulation then they have all urban and these are the provisions of an urban landscape in that region and then they he- here all crops in that regard it's all corn so you can Have the provisions of the landscapes that you have today, you can have them in a context that is given by extreme scenarios. And you see also here that this graphical representation of the spider plots can be quite helpful to make that visible. So another method for quantifying trade-offs is by optimized landscapes. So if you want to go beyond just analyzing a handful of scenarios which are can be extreme scenarios, can be hypothetical scenarios, or actually land use managed uh, possibilities, then you can go to optimized landscapes. And I have a plot that um, should um, make this concept a bit clear. So what you actually do is like you do repeated runs of a model to optimize your ecosystem service provision. And you um, you might actually consider all land use scenarios that are possible to do that. So, for example, if you run one scenario and you get that point that gives you um, that you have quite a good amount of ecosystem service one provided in that scenarios, but just a little amount of ecosystem service two. And the second scenario that you run might give a completely different picture. Um, you have a good provision of ecosystem service two, but only a little provision of the first service. So, just from these points that you would run, and that would you could have done that in a scenario analysis, that would have showed you I do have a trade-off or do I have a trade-off between these two? I can either produce the one service or the other service. But if you now have the opportunity to run models um, to create other scenarios and just run that, then you might get a point cloud le- that might look like that. So that gives you different options of land use scenarios now. And what you see from that plot is like this kind of a frontier and all these solutions that are close to this frontier do actually produce optimal solutions where either one or both of the services are maximized. So the options that are best for both services are at the frontier, and anything that is below that are actually suboptimal solutions where you could optimize by going and using a different land use scenario. And finally, of these optimal solutions, it depends on the so societal preference or the value, the economic value of that good, which one of these solutions you choose. But just from an, economic, uh, from an environmental um, view, between these two services, these options would at- actually be the ones that were favored. And you could, can evaluate that with these optimized landscapes. That's now a practical bi- um, example where we have trade-off curves between crop yields and NPP and the nitrogen leaching. And what the authors did is calculating these um, these frontiers for different years. So actually every w- point here um, produces one land use scenario and the different colors gives you how the land use scenarios might evolve over time. So at a different point in time you would have to have a different scenario solution. So actually these optimized landscapes um, can be quite helpful because you kind of see the full pictures um, of the relationships between services and they actually do provide concrete land use management scenarios. Um, A last methodological example that is very important um, for assessing cultural services is social preference functions Um, and actually you take different groups of people, for example different stakeholders and you ask them what are their preferences and can they rank them And this is an example, oh, this is an example now from a a Scottish case study where the people were asked, how do you want this regional park to be evolving over time? What do you want, in which direction should it go? And you give the people um, questionnaires, or that's what um, they did here. They gave them questionnaires also underlined with some pictures so that you could better imagine that. In the end, you did a rating, and every line here is actually one questionnaire so one person that was asked and already on the bottom you see that there are trade-offs that were hidden in the questions for example here trade-off wind trade-off sheep inspiration recreation and birds Um, and according to the answers the people are grouped to specific clusters and these clusters in the end were translated into so-called preference group that was what they did the first group here that was identified are the traditional traditionalists that are actually the persons that say we do want to keep our park as it is, we do not want to encompass any trade-offs, we don't want to take any trade-offs in having for example more sh- sheep or a multifunctional landscape, we don't want anything of that. The second group might be the nature lovers or as Joe would call them tree huggers, um, they would actually take some trade-off here for example in having more sheep and maybe all also more people in the park, but everything on the trade-off of having more trees in the park because that's their preference. And the last group h- might be the multifunctionalists. You see in the background there are some uh, wind turbines and there's also more sheep standing around and there's a biker. So they actually see it is a multifunctional landscape and we can use these multi- multifunctions to make our park, to give our park more services than it had before because we, for example, have to produce energy somewhere, we have to produce um, food, for example, the sheep. Um, But we can't do that in our park unless we can maintain it, so that we can actually maintain it. So that's a good method um, to actually gather all the cultural services of a region and get the preferences. So based on all this and on everything you said, um, that's just a small outlook and more like a summary on what um, all of you said in terms of trade-off analysis. So we see that management decisions are very often focused on the immediate provision of a service, the um, focus on the provisioning services. Trade-offs need to be understood and they need to be acknowledged at all stages of the decision-making processes. Also what one group said, trade-offs become more uncertain and difficult to manage with increasing temporal or spatial resolution. And that was, I was actually very happy that one group um, really identified that because you have to acknowledge that we can predict a bit of the future, for example, with models, but we can't do everything. And that it's simply more uncertain in, with increasing time or space. Successful management policies will be those that incorporate lessons learned from prior decision into management actions. So there are a lot of examples out there which you can transfer, maybe, to your specific case study. And finally, we do have a technological um, advance, and these can significantly contribute to the minimization of new trade-offs, but they can also mitigate existing trade-offs. So that's actually a summary of what we heard from you about trade-offs and some examples on methods how trade-offs can be assessed.